Hello, and welcome to Pod Catalyst, a podcast dedicated to emerging trends of thought leadership within the communications profession. I'm Peter Finn, Executive Director of the International Association of Business Communicators, or IABC. For this Pod Catalyst interview, I spoke with Liz Rock. Liz is a communications consultant and leader with significant transformation experience and a proven record of success in dynamic, challenging business environments. Liz joined Strategy Muse, a consulting co-op, as a principal in 2018 and is currently working with clients on many of the most high-profile issues of the day. Shaping culture as the meaning of work changes, determining clear values and employee value propositions, supporting return to work, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and more. Before joining Strategy Muse, Liz served as the Divisional Vice President of Executive Communications and Events at Walgreens. As the company navigated a significant transition from traditional pharmacy retailer into global healthcare company, she and her team helped connect the company's global vision and unite diverse workforces, advancing the approach to messaging, storytelling, and communications. Prior to joining Walgreens, Liz spent 15 years at United Airlines, leading the communications team through a complex business environment, finishing her career at the company as the managing director of internal communications. Along with other leaders from United's corporate affairs, she planned and led United's communications responses to September 11th, bankruptcy, major product launches, and the countless operational issues that were the drumbeat of communications at United. It was a pleasure to speak with Liz, and I think you'll really, really enjoy the interview. Today, I am joined with Liz Rock, and thank you so much, Liz, for, for joining me today to talk a little bit about her career and insights on the, on the profession. But first, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you made your way into the profession and where you are today. What, what are you doing today? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's really good to be here with you. When I started way back many years ago, I really didn't know that corporate communications was a profession. I was in journalism school and doing my internships and things like that and realized pretty quickly when I was an intern that I wasn't cut out to be a journalist. I was always having these arguments with my editor about whether stories should be published. I kept falling on the side of privacy. You know, <laughs> I remember this example of when I was on the police beat and there was a police report. And at the bottom, the police had written that the family wanted to keep the story private because the person was under care and things. And I went back and I had this argument with my editor about, you know, this really, it wasn't news. It didn't make news. Why would we publish it? And he, you know, was very adamant that we had to publish it. And I, I found myself having those kinds of arguments all the time. And so when I graduated from journalism school, I was like, I clearly don't have the natural instinct of a reporter. And so I started to look for a job as a writer and was interviewing at all kinds of weird places and finally got a job at a small agency doing business communications. And it turns out they were writing employee newsletters. So they were doing outsourced newsletters for companies. And so I realized then that that was actually a job, you know, that, that you could work as a writer in communication at companies. And, you know, I don't, I don't even think I knew at the time that that was corporate communications, that it was employee communications, that I was working as a consultant. I just thought I was writing newsletters for corporations. But so that was my first job and my first entree into what has ultimately been my career. And I ended up working in major corporations for the vast majority of my career, went from there 
from working as a consultant to working at United Airlines, working at Walgreens, and spent the vast majority of my career as a communicator in big corporations, big consumer brands, and realized that that was a job and a career and a life. So that's how I found my way to this career. And so, and as I understand it, now you're consulting, is that? Or now I am consulting, yes. And okay. so a couple of years ago, made the switch back into this side of the business. Yeah. After about 25 years on the inside, switched to consulting. It was just an opportunity to, you know, I, I had been working in these very large companies on the inside, which is, you know, a very dynamic, fascinating way to live. You know, I always likened it to kind of being in the center of the tornado, kind of the world comes to your door when you work at large consumer brands. But after I left Walgreens, I just, it was time to start thinking about work a little bit differently. And I had an opportunity to think about what do I want to do now and how do I want to take everything that I've learned over the course of 25 years, you know, in that setting. And I don't know, have a little bit more flexibility about the way I work and take everything that I've learned and kind of share that yeah. out in a new and different way. So took the opportunity to switch to consulting. And now I work at a firm called Strategy News with a woman that I've known for many, many years. And we work in this, I don't know, really collaborative way to share our knowledge with, with clients now. And it's, it's been a really good switch. It's been, a, it's been an interesting opportunity to learn new things at this point in my career. I kind of felt like I had learned everything I could learn on the corporate side of the business. And so this has been a really great opportunity to take everything I know and kind of learn a new way of working. And, you know, given, you know, working corporate and consulting, I mean, what are your insights on how the professions evolved? You know, so if, especially for those that are, you know, maybe just starting out, but, but also those that are maybe more seasoned and what are the new skills that need to be acquired uh, or worked yeah. on to, to be highly relevant as a, as a yeah. professional? I guess, you know, I think the core of the work that we do is the same, but how we do it is maybe a little bit different. And I think obviously technology has brought a new spin on how we deliver the work that we do. But I think the basics of what we do are still, are still in many ways the same. The core of what we do is about connecting people to broader sense of mission to each other and how we deliver to that mission. But the tools obviously are very, very different. And we have a much broader suite of technology at our disposal. Information moves much more quickly. So how we connect to the stakeholders that we support is different. And we have to think more differently. Information comes at us much more quickly than it used to. So we have to be much more agile, I think, in how we think and how we respond. And technology is one way to do that. But I do think things move a lot faster now than they used to. I mean, I, I remember when I first started at United, we were still going to microfiche, you know, to check yes. titles for those of you in the audience who yeah. have no idea what that is. I, yeah. I, I feel you. But, you know, so those kinds of things have changed a lot in that sense. So information moves a lot more quickly. And as a result, we've got to move more quickly and, and things come at us much more quickly. And do you think that that acceleration has been... You know, just within the last five years or, or really has been pretty steady over the last 10? I mean, I, I'm just trying to get a sense of yeah, what I mean, you I, see. I think it's probably been amping up over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. And it's just been accelerating and accelerating and accelerating as the new cycle has sped up, as the tools have changed, as the way we communicate as consumers mm -hmm. has changed. 
And I think you see the impact, particularly in the brands, the kinds of brands that I've worked with, the kinds of companies that many of us work at, are impacted by how quickly something that happens to one consumer in a store, in, a, in an airplane, in a, on a, you know, anywhere, can create a, a movement, can create a big story that just kind of explodes and that you're responding to them. And it can happen in a corner of the world and suddenly it's all over the place. And those kinds of things just didn't happen when my career started. Yeah. And are there, and I don't know if you can mention their names, but I mean, are there particular brands that are really getting it right or, or maybe how they're getting it right? You know, especially over the last, you know, two years, you know, given all the tumult um, <laughs> yeah. that's gone on, yeah. those companies or brands that have, that have just really done well. I, you know, I don't know. I thought about this a lot and I, I don't, I don't know if I want to get into specific brands. I, yeah. I, I, but I think that the companies and stuff that are getting it right are the ones that are listening and adapting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's, when it comes to communication, when it comes to reputation, that's the key, right? It's how are you listening to your different stakeholders and figuring out the ways to adapt and change in the context of the way the world is happening, the way the world is going today. But I think at the same time, we're just at the beginning of this mm -hmm. new cycle. And I don't think we yet know where this, how this, how, where we're going to land and how this is all going to play out. You know, the world is at an uneasy point right now with the way we're working, how working is changing, how we're grappling with issues of equity and diversity. And there's so much in the mix now that we need to think about and think about the implications for the mm -hmm. way that we work. And I think we're just starting to grapple with how we need to respond mm -hmm. to that. And so I think it's early days to figure out exactly who's getting it right and who's going to come up with the right solutions. There's so many answers that we need to have. And I think as communicators, we're in the midst of the ambiguity yep. and trying to, you know, trying to translate all of these things to both you know, kind of bridging the gap between our leaders and our employees yeah. or our leaders and, our, and all of our stakeholders to figure out. What are the answers? How do we incrementally communicate as we go through all of this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is sort of a good segue into my another question that I have, and that is IDC is, you know, has this real focus on communicators really being at the heart of, of different organizations mm -hmm. and, and kind of connecting the different business functions. So I'm curious, that, you know, just based on your experience and insights, I mean, just, you know, how communicators are, you know, sort of connecting the dots for, for organizations and playing that role. Yeah. I think that's the key role for every communicator. A lot of times I think we find in organizations that people look to us to be the deliverer of information, right? The writers, the people who put stuff out there, the people who put it into a channel, a social media channel or whatever. And I think most of us who do this for a living know that that's the final 10%, right? That's the last mile of what we do. And really the key work for us is the other 90% that is about integrating information, connecting information. We're in a unique position in most of the organizations that we work in where we work laterally across all of our organizations. We are tapped into all of the businesses. We're partners with everybody. And we have the luxury of bringing all of that information to the table that we work with and connecting what's happening over here to what's happening over here and seeing how the work that's happening across the organization can either benefit each other or identifying unintended consequences, risks, 
and sharing that information back out to the organization. And I don't think that most other functions do that. Most other functions operate vertically, just up and down. How are we working efficiently? We see that, I saw that when I worked inside and I see that now as a consultant. We're working with a client where we're pretty deep in the organization. We're working with the communications group. We're working with HR. We're working with the executive team. So we have a really broad view of what's happening across that organization. And we're helping the client see how all these different work streams across EVP, values, strategy, development, how they all connect. And I think it's imperative for communications to serve that function, to bring information together and connect it for their clients, whether internal or external, because not everybody has that privilege. Yep. Not everybody has the privilege of that depth of information. And if we aren't synthesizing information for the organization, they're probably, you know, there's not a lot of people who are. Yep. And I think it's a unique viewpoint and a really important skill set for communications to be able to do. We can't afford to sit on that information. We can't afford to just let it go, I don't know, go stale in our own shop. Yep. And do you think that you know, most companies are, you know, organizations are really seeing the value of that? I mean, certainly you've, you've worked with several companies that, you know, know sort of the, the power of what you do, mm-hmm. but do you think that that's something that is increasing, you know, with, with organizations really seeing how valuable it is to have a great comms team, maybe versus a few years ago. I'm sorry if I'm making you generalize, yeah. but yeah, just, just curious. I mean, honestly, I think it depends. I, yeah. I think, I think in large measure, it's up to communication, mm-hmm. right? We earn our seat at the table and we earn our role in that. And I think I've always thought of, we have to pursue sort of an, what I sort of think about is like an activist role for communication. We have to get out there and roll up our sleeves and dig in. No one's going to come to us presuming that that's what we do. We have to show them that that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think people who are outside of our profession don't necessarily understand that that's the value we provide. Because like I said, I think most of the time they come to us and think, you know, they're the folks who get information out, either internally or externally or whatever you know, through whatever channels we have. That's how they look to us as the people who distribute stuff. We have to show them that our role is much more thoughtful than that. And that that 90% is where the value really is. And I think if we're doing that job, if we're doing the job of demonstrating that we synthesize information differently, we think differently, We don't think vertically, we think laterally, we think across organizations, we have a broad perspective on the value of the business, and we're integrated into the business, and we see how the business works, and we can bring that knowledge together for them, for the benefit of their leadership and their strategy and how they think. That's our role. That's what we do. So we have to show them that. Yeah so that they can see it, right? Because I don't think, you know, it's not necessarily how everyone thinks. Once you show them, then you're off to the races. Yeah. So, no, thank you. And and this is kind of switch gears a little bit, but one of the things that we'll be focusing on in terms of our content next month is is around career development. Mm -hmm. But I was curious what advice you would have for people that are 
at the start of their career or, or maybe, you know, advice that you would give to yourself when you were just getting out of journalism school? You know, I think we all have to start in this career with really good basic skills. We've got to be able to do the things that our clients are looking for to begin with, right? So we've got to be great writers, really clean, smart. We've got to have, we got to be able to ask great questions so that we can find the information and pull it out of people that we need to. We have to be able to build trust with our clients and and the people that we support. So we have to be straightforward and honest, and we have to be able to give good counsel in a way that's really straightforward. We have to meet deadlines. I mean, it's simple stuff like that. So when we start out, we've got to be just really good practitioners of the art of communication, because that's what gets us in the door. So when people come to us as communicators, they're looking for those kinds of things. They're looking for us to be able to write a good story or send out a clever tweet or put together a great briefing or a solid plan. And we've got to be able to deliver on those things before we can start to get to what we were just talking about, which is the higher order of communication. If we can't deliver on the basics, we can't do, we can't walk through the door. And I think starting out and being able to just deliver on what they're looking for is the ante to play. Yeah. And, it's what it, and it's what buys us the entry to go further with them. So it's that sense of curiosity and creativity uh-huh. and crisp, solid work so that we can start to then dig in with them on the business and do the work that we need to do. And I think as any communicator who's starting out, that's what you got to have. You got to be, you got to be good at the fundamentals yeah. and strong at the fundamentals. And then you can go from there and start to get into all the cool stuff that we do, <laughs> you know, because yeah. it is a, it's a cool career. You get to do great work, but you get to do great work because you're good at what you do. Yeah. One last question for you. And that is what gets you up in the morning? What, what gets you excited about your day? Maybe you're not excited every day, but what gets you up? You know, I was thinking about that question, and I, I think that it's, it's about really just wanting to know what's next, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think there is there's always something coming, and you want to see what's going to happen next and how you can be a part of it. We're blessed to work, to do good work with good people, and I think I'm still in a position where I get to do good work with good people. The world is spinning in a really interesting way. And it's going to be, you know, it's always really interesting to see how we can be part of that because who knows where we're going from here. Yeah. And the thing about the work that we do is we're part of that. We're part of the big story somehow. And I think that that is, that's the cool thing about what we do. We are part of the story. And it's fun to be part of the story and to see where we get to go from here. And I've always liked that about what we get to do. Yeah. That we get to be part of that. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for speaking with me today. Yeah, this has been fantastic. And I, I just appreciate given your career and uh, working for different organizations and now consulting. I mean, it's so I just really appreciate your perspective. And, and I know many of our members and the, the community will enjoy this. So thank you so much. 
my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Again, thanks to Luz for speaking with me. It was a real pleasure. I feel like we had a great conversation, really interesting insights on uh, the profession and the work that she's done and the work that she's doing. So thanks again to Liz and thank you for listening.